Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another PPP episode brought to you by the Shea Station guys. That's Jerry. I'm Jolly. And, you know, we had a fun episode yesterday, but I think we got another fun one today from the other side of the dish. This is a big one. This is a big one. This is a big one. We're going with uh, the flying squirrel himself, Mr. Jeff McNeil. Mm. Big year for McNeil. Do you want to dive in? Like, there's some, I don't know what to expect from this guy. I, I don't just... know. There's so much to cover here. I mean, like we can we can dive into the stats a little bit later, but just for McNeil as a baseball player, I think this is the biggest year of his career. I think it's make sort or of break, a, make or break. It's career defining in a way. Like yes. what Jeff McNeil are we about to see? Are we going to see the rookie of the year voter, all-star Jeff McNeil that we saw in 2018 and 2019 and 2020? Or are we going to get the iteration that we saw last year that was a real detriment to the Mets lineup and the chaos in the clubhouse? I mean, it's like two sides of a coin here. And I think Mets fans and Mets staff alike have no idea what they're going to see out of this guy in this season. Yeah, he had an absolutely atrocious year last year. Like he was bad and he had bad luck with, you know, his batting average for balls in play was 280 when the league average is 300, when his is usually like in the 320s. Um, so if you add all the, the the misses on him on top of the defensive miscues, on top of the off-the-field stuff, on top of some of the immaturity that you see with, with his outbursts and whatnot, it just was a bad year. And this is – he's he's – this is it, make or break. This is uh, – are you – the guy that you thought you were, are you this great player, this elite, you know, bat to ball guy, or are you something else? And and we're, this is where we find out. I think there are guys in the system now that can creep up on McNeil and take his spot if he doesn't get the job done. And I think that you mentioned the batting average and balls in play last year, which I thought was really uh, smart there. I think teams are wising up and they were shifting on McNeil a lot more last year. So, I mean, McNeil has never been a purely pull guy. I think what I fell in love with him about was, you know, his slap hitting, his ability to go oppo, doubles in the gap and stuff like that. McNeil can still be that hitter, but in 2021, you know, a 251 batting average, 319 on base, 88 OPS plus, only seven home runs, played 120 games, missed some time with injury, not great defense either. It was just not the guy that came up through the Mets system and shocked everybody when he was so good. You know, this is a, you know, a 12th round draft pick. He was never really a highly ranked prospect, but he was like a pleasant surprise on those uh, late 2010s Mets teams. And I think that the whole dynamic of the lineup and the outlook of the Mets offense changes if Jeff McNeil can return to even a sliver of what he was in that 2019 season. Yeah, he uh, he he burst onto the scene in 2018, my last year there, and really kind of wowed everybody. He hit 329 in 63 games. He didn't have that power burst that he did in 2019. 2019, he absolutely balled out. Uh, 23 homers, 38 doubles. His OPS was 916. Like, that is elite power numbers. That is you know, right up there with, with what Pete Alonso does. Right. Like these exactly. are, those are power numbers. He doesn't have the, the home run totals, but just pure power. That's where he is. He, he stopped pulling the ball last year. He wasn't like, I don't know what it was, but his, he wasn't looking to drive or he was trying to, and just couldn't do it. I don't know what it was, but there was a lot of, there was so much wrong that it was hard to diagnose. Like when you, 
Like, what was I doing there? Like, oh, you just, you were, you were this one little change and you'll be back on it. Like, I have no idea what to tell this guy. Is it a mental change? Is it, are you standing too close or too far away from the dish, your hands? And like, there were just so many, so many things that went wrong that it, it was almost like, I, I don't know, you want to start from scratch again? Like you want to erase everything that you've done this year and kind of just hit that's what I would have done. I would have kind of tried to clear my head, but I don't know, man. I don't know what to expect from this this year. I know he's got to be feeling that pressure. You mentioned it before with if he's not performing, he already had a really, really bad 2021 to kind of figure it out. And they gave him all the all the slack that they could. He's got Robbie Cano, who still got some some bat left. They're going to count on it. He's a left handed. They need left handed pop. You've got Dom Smith that they'll figure out if he's hitting his, his, he's unreal. If he's hitting, they're going to try to find a way. And if you're not, you're going to be the guy to come off JD Davis, Guillaume, like these guys are ready to take those ABs from him. And he's got a, he's got the first crack at it to, to hold it down. Um, so it's on him now. I think the, uh, the prevailing theory from Mets fans alike was that Jeff McNeil was trying to recapture the power stroke that he had in 2019. But the thing that, you know, irks me is that when McNeil wasn't a crazy home run guy, he was still a fantastic hitter. He only hit three home runs in 2018 and only four in 2020 and still had an OPS plus north of 130 each of those years. McNeil doesn't need to be that guy. I like Jeff McNeil for, you know, the 38 doubles that he hit in 2019. I love Jeff McNeil for the slap hitting and the crafty at bats and like the gridded play that he had. And like, a lot of fans got on him for his hard-nosed attitude and the, the aggression and stuff like that, but that kind of stuff is endearing when McNeil is playing well. That's the kind of guy I want in the lineup that has the fire in him that wants every at-bat to go his way. It just nothing came together in 2021, and I think the pressure is only added now between the guys behind him that are ready to take his spot, as well as the trade rumors that he was circulated in for months and months in the quiet of the lockout. So I think that McNeil this season is going to be his toughest season to succeed, but also the most important one that he needs to succeed in. I, I really thought he was going to get involved in a trade with the A's. Like right. when we traded for Chris Bassett, uh, he's the Jeff McNeil is the perfect A's candidate because they don't care. They're going to give him his at-bats and try to find maximum value from a guy that they traded low on. He's going to be, he wasn't going to be the only piece of a trade. And then like what they did with Marcus Simeon, when they traded for him, he couldn't play defense and he had Ron Washington over there and became an elite player, an MVP candidate. And that's, I think a guy that they would target because McNeil has the sky high ceiling that we saw um, he was just bottom of the barrel last year. On top of that, he played very poor defense. It's not as bad as I thought it was defensively, but there was a lot of miscues that don't get, get calibrated or tabulated where he's not where he's supposed to be or a double play where he was supposed to be there turns into one out because he just was out of position. So I felt like last year, hopefully we can wash our hands of it yeah, we mentioned a lot about this defense, and I feel like there's two there's two points that I want to make in defense of Jeff McNeil. In defense of his defense? Very nice. Wow, back with a zinger. You missed it. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> 
Um, I lost my train of thought. Okay, yeah. First off, oh, beanie time. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, first here. off, we bounced McNeil between right field, second base, third base, left field. So I feel like the most we'll see of Jeff McNeil defensively this year will be at second base. I feel like that's the spot where the Mets see, like seem to think he's most comfortable. The other thing is that when you're in the middle infield and your counterpart is Francisco Lindor, a platinum glove kind of player, any miscues get, you know, sort of accentuated, exaggerated a little bit. So I think that when you're beside a world-class defender, it not only makes you look worse, but also can help you get better. I think Lindor heightens everybody in that infield with his range, with his glove and stuff like that. So I think that that's one part of Jeff McNeil's game that if he works at it enough, I think he can definitely turn around. I just hope the Mets give him some form of stability there. I, I, I agree with you on that. I really do think that they're going to sit him at second base. And if he is playing, he will play second base. Obviously, if all things work out for the Mets, he'll be there the whole time. Um, and I think they're planning on that. Maybe a little left field to get Cano some ABs when there's a, a righty on the mound, whatever the case may be. But I think they want him to play second base. I think they they found out that that he's not the Chris Bryant type or the Ben Zobris that has the ability to play at least average, you know, in those other places. And I, I think it affects him at the plate, especially when it's not going his way. Everything seems to snowball. Yeah. And that's part of that's part of the maturity of coming around and, and growing is the ability like what Lindor did last year. He's he was terrible at the plate, kind of came around, but he didn't let it translate to him on himself on defense. But again, he does he plays shortstop. He doesn't bounce around. So I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think again, this is a make or break year for him. He could do all of it, but if he's at second base and he just pushes himself to be really good defensively and to be in the proper position, or at least humbles himself enough to ask Lindor, hey what am I doing right here? Where should I be? Or what should I be looking for? Because that will make you better. He's Lindor is incredible at shortstop. And as a second baseman, you can lean on him to help you instead of like being jealous or angry or pretend like you're that way. Just be humble and allow him to elevate your game. Like when Cabby played shortstop for me, it, it helped me so much because I could eliminate, like if there's a runner on second base, I don't have to worry about that because I will look at him knowing that he's taking care of that runner. I can eliminate all the extra thought processes that go and I can focus on him. So I'll get my pitch, know what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at, at, at cabby and then he'll be like, you're good. So I'll pitch Lindor is of that level and even higher and he could help out a guy that he's playing with so much. So I, I think it's a positive for him. I'm I'm looking for that next step of maturity and humbleness to be able to accept some help. I like I like that take there. And I think that the important part there is that if McNeil's defense is on point and he's worrying about it less, in turn, his offensive numbers will be better. I mean, McNeil has always been a guy that has hit righties better than lefties in his career. His OPS difference between those splits is about 100 Last year, he was consistent. It was just kind of consistently bad. I mean, the pretty even splits here between righties and lefties. The power stroke always comes against righties. But for McNeil, I think that's his bread and butter. He needs to figure out how to hit righties again, because that's what always has driven up his numbers to a more elite level rather than a replacement level. And I, we can talk a little bit about the projections 
that Fangraphs has for him next year of his steamer. And they, they kind of believe in a McNeil rebound, which I find pretty interesting. Yeah, I do too. Cause uh, they tend to kind of level the playing field a little bit and go with the averages. They're definitely skewing towards the side. So um, if we're looking at McNeil's pure like zips projections, like they're, they're looking at him to hit oh, where to go. Uh, steamer 280, like, that, that batting average right there is is a step up because that's you know he hit 250 last year with no pop so his uh slugging percentage last year was 360 this year they're projecting him at 426 which is a huge leap forward it's still under even his debut in 18 when he didn't hit for that much pop it's still under that but his then his ops is uh obviously 772 which is again above what he did last year, but not anywhere near what he peaked at in, in 2019 at 916. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to note. I don't think we, I, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't think we ever see McNeil get back to 2019 form. That's just my opinion. I think that that was a, a crazy career high year where McNeil really came into his own age 27. He's 80, he's going to be age 30 this season. I don't think he needs to be that power hitter. And I think that's sort of the mentality that has warped McNeil into the player he was last year I don't think he needs to hit 20 home runs I think that he needs to play serviceable defense hit the ball in the gap go the opposite way beat the shift as much as he can and hit for high average in the middle of the lineup and be that table setter in the latter half we we have a lineup full of table setters and some view that as a positive and some view it as a negative but McNeil if he can back the guys that are supposed to be our slugging guys in the middle of the lineup and set the table for them I think that's all you can really ask for McNeil I just think a a you know, subtle, non, you know, huge rebound is what we can cautiously expect out of McNeil. But even if he doesn't hit that threshold, like we said before, there are guys behind him that are ready to take that second base spot. Yeah. So he's going to be feeling that pressure. The The good news is, like you said, he's not going to be that table setter at the, at the front end of that, the lineup anymore. Right. He's going to be towards the back half. It's going to take all that pressure off him. He'll probably get pitched to a little bit better. So he'll have every opportunity to be successful. That's the thing. They're going to put him in a position where they don't need him anymore. It'll be a huge bonus. It, he is a he is such a good player. The 2019 version of Jeff McNeil changes your, your team's outlook. That's how good he was. Like It's MVP level you know, Ben Zobra style, funky bat to ball kind of skills that changes your whole team's outlook. I think he can achieve that again. I honestly believe that his peak of 2019, where he hit 23 homers, 38 doubles, uh, 916 uh, OPS is attainable for him. I don't think he gets there again, but I think it's in the realm of possibilities. I'm looking for him to do basically what what um, the steamer projections are. Just get back to somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm scared for Jeff McNeil because I feel I, I'm worried about. I, I keep talking maturity, and I, I've, I'm hard on Jeff McNeil, and that I'm not. I don't shy away from that. It's because he's. I think he could be so good. Um. I'm worried that it's either going to be he's 2019 Jeff McNeil or he's 2021 Jeff McNeil. I don't know if he can be in between. I think he can and I think he will, but I am truly worried that his maturity and lack. I used humble a bunch of times already today. I don't know if he's been humbled enough because baseball will humble you however good you are. 
always. This is a game of failure. And if you can't handle it mentally and emotionally, you will get buried in this game. And I am worried, like my biggest worry for him is that it's all or nothing. He is not willing to sacrifice. I hit 23 home runs that year. That's how good I am. I'm going to try to do that every year instead of falling back towards that. I'm a doubles hitter guy that just happens to run into it. If you remember Josh Reddick, Josh Reddick, um, Houston Astros. But when I played with him in Oakland, we traded for him. I'm going to pull up his numbers while I'm talking, but we traded for him in that into that 2012 season. And he was kind of, you know, just a prospect for the, the Red Sox. And when we got him, we weren't expecting great things. Um, as far as offense, great one, the best right field defensively I've ever played with. But in 2012, let's see, the 2011 season, he played in about half the games. He hit seven home runs. In 2012, he hit 32 for that A's team. 32 home runs in the AL West in Oakland. That is crazy numbers. Um, but he did it because he was staying within his swing. And then when a pitcher would make a mistake, he would hit it for a home run. Now he kind of, he came into that next year thinking he's a 30 home run guy and it changed everything. He went, he hit 240 that year with 32 home runs. The next year he hit 226 with 12. Like that is a big drop off. And he had a hard time understanding that sometimes you're just not that player. I'm worried that Jeff McNeil will, will never be that guy again. And he'll, he won't ever, accept anything less than that so I think that's a really good analogy especially because Josh Reddick I think adapted after that season I think he had a he had a longer career because of it he became a fundamental part of the back end of the Astros lineup that won the World Series and that's because he learned from that season I think Jeff McNeil is perfectly capable of doing the exact same thing if he can you know like you said be humble learn from those experiences and figure out what got him to the place that he's at in the first place. I think Jeff McNeil can be that guy in 2019. If he gets humbled and and, and changes his approach back to just uh, taking what the, what they give to him. Yeah. Pulling the ball when they throw it inside, he'll drive it. He'll hit home runs. He's so good. I love the way Jeff McNeil is at the plate. I love his style of play. It's a throwback. His his ability to put the bat to the ball, to hit it the other way, to pull it, to just fight off pitches. He strikes out a little more than what I think he should because he's so good at just hitting the ball. Like it's crazy. I love his style of of baseball. I'm rooting for him to take that that maturity step forward and to to get back to his form, but I am truly worried that he's going to bury himself again like he did last year and somebody's going to take his job. Well, with that, I think we'll hop over to our over-unders now. What do you think? Okay. All right, cool. I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. I I like mine a lot here. Um, From 2018 to 2020, in over a 1,000 plate appearances, Jeff McNeil grounded into 10 double plays over three years. Last year alone, in just 426 plate appearances, he matched that total. McNeil, as I remember from 2021, was the killer of a lot of rallies because of his tendency to roll over balls, hit him right into the middle infield and ground into a crucial inning-ending double play. So my question to you is, can McNeil lift the ball like he used to be able to, hit against the shift, not fall into those uh, double plays? 
My over-under is set at 9.5. Can McNeil keep the ball in the air, hit for line drives like he used to? Lovely. The optimist in me, I'm going to take the under. I think he is capable of lifting the ball again, not driving the ball right into the shift and perfectly hitting into those double plays. So I, I'm going to take I'm going to take Jeff McNeil's side here and think that he he re-elevates his game, if that's a word. Yeah, I, I too am going to take the under here because I do think it's going to be a huge focus of the Mets coaching staff to just get McNeil to hit the opposite way like he used to because that's just an easy way to avoid all of those double plays, all those rally killers in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, I, I just I think it's lifting the ball. I think he I don't think he pulled the ball again. This is a philosophy of so many things that went wrong. I don't think he pulled the ball enough in the air. I think he was trying to pull it and just rolled it over. Take the ball, like you said, if it's pitched to the left side or away from you, hit it the other way. If it's in, then you drive it. So I, I agree. So we're both taking the under the optimist route. Okay, good. All right, cool. So so mine is a similar thing. So I I am going to do batting average. So mm, last okay. year he hit 251, which is not good for him. In his previous years, he hit 329, 318, 311. So they, those are big numbers. I think he is capable of that. So I'm going to put the over under on 299 and a half. So will he hit 300 and above or will he hit below 300? It's a good question here. And yeah, and I didn't really notice the batting average until you mentioned it. And it's a big contributor for why his OBP was so high every year. It was above 380 in all of those years. I don't even think McNeil needs to be the 300 hitter to be a successful contributor to the Mets team. I think I'm going to take the under. I think he falls a little bit more in line with the steamer projection of around 280. And I think if he hits that benchmark, he's still a great hitter in the lineup. That's interesting. I, I'm going to take the over here, mm, but I okay. do believe that he needs to be a 300 hitter to be successful Okay, because that shows you how that's a, that's a telltale sign of his skill set. That means he's hitting the ball. That means he's driving the ball. He's, he's hitting it where they're pitching it with, with the barrel instead of trying to force things. And so I think if he's hitting his batting average is going to be higher than a lot of people. And so I think it's a, I think it's a more indicative sign of his success for a guy like Jeff McNeil than it is for most other people. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the over and believe in Jeff McNeil um, because I think he's going to get back to his form. I like the, uh, the rebound you took at the end here. Cause I, we were a little hard on McNeil this episode. I am, I am forever hard on Jeff McNeil. And it, a lot of it is because of, I, I see how good he is and I, I, being in the same clubhouse as him, I wanted him to, to mature, to, to step up. And, and I love the passion. I love his skill set. He's an amazing baseball player. I want to like shake him and be like, dude, you're, you could do this. Stop getting in your own way. And so I believe in him. And I think, you know, he's entering his age 30 season. Um, it's put up or shut up time. I'm a, I'm a baseball player fan and I will be rooting for Jeff McNeil. And with that, we thank you guys for listening to our latest PPP. We did a nice long one for Jeff McNeil. I think he deserved that kind of episode, that extended discussion. I mean, there's so many variables that go into a Jeff McNeil that we can right. we can dissect and talk about it. But the bottom line is he is capable of being an amazing baseball player. And I hope he does. And I think he will this year. 
So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow for another PPP. We're getting close to the end here, which means we're getting close to opening day as well. We'll be able to watch these guys on the field soon instead of just talking about them, which I love. Yes, I'm excited to see some baseball. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets, guys. Stay tuned.